I think it should start off with like that, you know, that music you were playing at the beginning, like that nice jazz, the little like jazz coffee kind of shop music. It's yeah. raining in the, on the outside. Exactly. I think it should start with that, and then it should slowly fade into just us talking. Especially with the Lewis one. It was like, check, 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 yeah. check. Yeah. Like, does this microphone work? Is this on? Yeah. Da, da, da. Like, it was yeah. I of, like that. It was kind of a cool, funny thing. Yeah. And then we're like, and we're like, welcome to Radio Flyer. And then I like started, and I was like, I really like that intro a lot. So I think. So, so just keep yeah, the kinda, Yeah, kind of. And, and it only needs to be like a few seconds. Right. A couple. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard Radio Flyer with nonstop service around the world. Heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and now YouTube. Your safety and comfort is important to us, so please direct your attention to your flight team. Freddie Rivera and Michelle Zuno. We out here. We out here. <laughs> is my microphone working? Is well? my microphone working? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to Radio Flyer. Welcome. My name is Freddie Rivera. On the blue mic. We've got Michelle Zuno. Everybody. Yes. Give it up for Michelle Zuno. Yay. Remember a lot of great feedback when we talked about the Kobe baby? Yes. Episode five, The Ultimate Wing Woman. You brought up at the very end, which I think honestly was probably the best story in the entire show. Yeah. The Kobe baby. I made him watch Laker games when he was a baby. And this was him when and he. And what did he say? When he could talk, he's like, Mommy, my daddy, my daddy's on TV. <laughs> I was so excited. Oh. So excited. Oh. To this day, he remembers calling him daddy. Oh. And and my dad used to say, I wish we would be watching that game from courtside yeah. instead of in this living room. Right. But whatever, you know. Yeah, the- so I decided to bring. The Kobe baby. Literally brought the Kobe Live baby. Live in person. Which is your son. Hey, where he at? <laughs> <laughs> Give it up for Damon. Woo! On the black mic. On the black mic. Oh, on the black mic. Through an Iron Man sweater. That was three different accents. I hope you know that. That was three <laughs> different accents. You, it was like, I don't know what you did. I don't know what you did. I know what I did. <laughs> Do you know, by the way, that Damon is now no longer a baby? He's not. He's no. a young, grown man. Yeah. Yeah, I turned 18 in December. Michelle Zuno, let's talk about the Kobe baby story. Okay. Let's just go back to the beginning of why he's called the Kobe baby. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> uh, I know I've shouted out my niece and her fiance, John, before. So my niece, Alexis, is in El Paso, Texas, when she was uh, about eight years old. She had a ruptured appendix, and at the time, they were my sister um, and her husband were stationed at 29 Palms because he was a Marine in the military. And my sister, you know, when you know your kids, you know your babies and how, how they react to stuff, she had a feeling that it was something serious, and they sent her home, and she said, I'm, I'm not going to take no for an answer, drove her all the way to L.A. Children's Hospital, which is a phenomenal children's hospital, and um, they admitted her right away. And found out her appendix ruptured for three days. Mm. Usually you die after your appendix ruptures for one. So um, she's a survivor. She did great. But how, how did they miss that though, I, the first yeah. time around? That's what I. That's a whole other story in and of, of right. itself. I remember, and you probably remember, going to the doctor as a child. They always press on your stomach. And yeah. I always wondered why they did that. Right. But then when you think about it, because if they pressed on your appendix and it was going to rupture, you would jump in pain. Like you would, She apparently she had a very high pain tolerance because she was just like, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. My tummy hurts. She was kind of a quiet uh, child anyway. So she didn't really complain about a whole lot. And, but Lorraine knew, she knew that there was something wrong with her. The mom instincts kick in. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Takes her to uh, Children's Hospital in LA, mm-hmm. figures out that uh, th- there's a ruptured appendix. Right. And there's, she's three days into this? Yes. So they pretty much take her into emergency surgery and 
as they're taking her in or before they take her in, they tell my sister, you should just call all of the family to come say goodbye to her. She's probably not going to make it. And we were like, what? Because it happened so fast. Yeah. So we did. We had family come. It was terrifying. And they came out like, she's she's okay. She came out of surgery. But obviously, it was a long recovery process. So she had to be there for weeks. And it was a long time. She was in the hospital for weeks? Weeks. Wow. If you know anything about Alexis, I'll have to post a, send you a picture so you can post it. Um, she's tiny. She's still to this day. She's 26 years old and she's so tiny. Mm-hmm. So even when she was eight, she was probably like, I don't know, 35 pounds. She was just so <laughs> small. So to see her in the hospital bed and, and um, I don't know if you're familiar with Ronald McDonald House. It's a place where the families can come and stay if they're from out of town, that people travel from all, all over, over the world, even out of state. Mm, yeah. yeah, exactly. They have it's a place for the families to stay almost like a hotel, mm. community kitchen, all that. The families get to know each other. So it just so happens that while we were staying there and Alexis was healing, Kobe Bryant was rumored to be coming there. And they said it was going to be a, bra- a groundbreaking ceremony of a new wing that they were opening up um, at, at the, the hospital, at the, the, Ronald, McDonald at the Ronald McDonald House, okay. mm-hmm. and um, that they were going to come have him meet the families and that he was going to be on TV and they were going to do this. You know, it, he funds this charity. And I was like, and I was like, as soon as I heard his name, my eyes were bright. Right. I, I was hooked on basketball, I want to say, since the day Kobe Bryant started playing. And so I've been watching the games with my dad for years at this point. And when I heard, I was just like, I have to be here on that day. Yeah. Word spread around in my family. So I brought Jessica, my little sister, and her friend, Danae, and uh, Damon and Damon's dad, Fred. We all kind of ditched work, ditched school. We're there with my sister. We get to be in the room and in the kitchen and all that stuff. And we go to like, it's like a gather. Uh, it's like a lobby, common common room where people can gather different families and whatever. And we see just a bunch of people and they have name tags and their suits on and they just look important. I don't even know who any of these people are. Yeah. And obviously they're clearing the way and they're they're making arrangements with families. And they say they come up to my sister and it's actually his agent. I can't remember his name right now. They walked around and they approached us and said, told my sister, hey, um, Kobe's personally asking if he can talk, meet the families. Mm-hmm. And um, I just accidentally had a bag with a jersey basketball oh, bobblehead oh, accidentally lanyards keychains just by shirts. just by, just by sheer I don't, coincidence you know i just carry them in my trunk <laughs> you were there and it just happened to be in your trunk you I'm, just i'm so ra- i'm so upset had a I sharpie pen and everything yeah, no. a sharpie i exact i just i don't even know how they got there but i had all of that memorabilia with me you're hilarious <laughs> and and when he i i just thought wow, what a great guy, you know, doing this for charity. And he personally wanted to go and meet all the family members. Like, I want to meet everybody here. And he was very genuine. He shook everybody's hand and he said, I'm so sorry that this is happening to your family. I'll pray for you guys. I wish you the best. I'm glad to be here to do this. I'd love to spend time with you guys. And when we asked him, hey, can you sign our stuff? He says, I'll sign anything you have. Oh, sure. I'm going to be here for a while. And he was there for hours. It was Usually people who get a glimpse of Kobe or like a quick a, meet and greet where you got to go him, in and out. Take a photo. You want to take a selfie with me really fast? And we got to actually spend time. You know, it was special because you were there after at literally hours with Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And, and that he's such a big deal. Yeah. So you're taking everything in. I was just starstruck. I thought I wasn't going to be able to form words. 
I was like, I can't believe that I'm here. Is Kobe walking from family to family? How oh, does yeah. he end up uh, coming to your family? Yeah, well, he's standing like in the middle of everybody because there's a few crowds around. And then he kind of walked from family to like they told all of us, like who was there at the time to come up yeah. and like, oh, you stand right here. He's going to come here next. But he had he had people guiding him like kind of family to family. I remember I brought Damon with me. He was probably about 11, I don't know, maybe even less, nine, 10 months old at the time. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> he remembers. <laughs> he remembers everything. He had a Kobe or a Laker onesie on. Just so happens, by the way, right? Like, And it was the same cologne, too, that he was wearing that same day. Same cologne <laughs> that he always wears. It just and, radiates from And him. obviously, I've been a Laker fan, so I didn't go buy the onesie. I had that onesie since yeah. he was born. When he turned around and saw Damon, who I was holding, Kobe had the brightest smile. And he walks up to me and he says, oh, he's so cute. He said, my daughter, Natalia, who just turned 18, my daughter, Natalia, is the same age as him. And and she he said, he said, oh, it's amazing, huh? Aren't they aren't kids amazing? Kind of making small talk about children. And Natalia is his first child so he was you could tell the the pride in his eyes to you know to have had a, a new baby and he was so ecstatic and he says can i hold him and yeah. i'm like <laughs> my mom damn near what? my mom yeah. damn near like threw me at him like, like a, like a like, chest pass yeah. she chest started, passed me to COVID. i started hyperventilating <laughs> i'm like oh. it was like it was like the lion king yeah, yeah. <laughs> holding them up and, they, and i i just i just couldn't believe it like he's asked actually asking me if he can hold my son and sure, yeah. I put him in his hands. Obviously, he can palm him because his hands are so big. He's like really real. big as big as Damon's body. And as soon as he held him, I said, can I snap a picture? And he said, yeah, sure. And he's holding Damon. I thought he was going to be like, oh, how cute. And to give him back. No, he just started walking around holding him. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Oh, my gosh. And his dad and I were like. This is freaking cool. Like, this yeah. is so cool. People started turning around, like, and they were just like, oh, how cute. They said, look at the little Kobe baby. And I heard somebody say that. And I said, yeah, that's the Kobe baby. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. That's yeah. exactly That's him. Saying. That's him. How how did you feel? I mean, that is that's that's one heck of a moment that it Kobe Bryant incredible. is carrying your son at nine months, eight, yeah. nine months, Damon in his hands, and he starts walking around with Damon. Yeah, casually, no, like like damn near like it almost seemed like he kidnapped me. Like he just like <laughs> this is my son now. Like I'm gonna walk around so, with yeah. this kid. Yeah. So Damon with big eyes looks up at Kobe and goes, "Dad, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. I wish, I wish that was my dad." What? And the agent was talking to my sister, wanted to know the full story about you know how were you, how did you guys get here? What's going on with you guys? He was. He's such a nice guy. Yeah. Don't worry. We're going to be back when he's playing basketball. You know, I'm going to come back to you guys and you guys better draft him to the Lakers. And we're totally like, you know, we just felt really cool, like friendly. And yeah. the agent handed my sister his card and said, you guys call me when he turns 18. Literally handed his card over to my sister. I don't know idea what she did with it. But uh, uh, you're talking about a business card? Mm-hmm. With his contacts on it. Yeah, the agent. He handed wow. it. He said, you guys call me when he's 18. You know, I would love to see him come play. And I'm like, what? And <laughs> and they lost it. No, I don't know. I, I have to ask my sister so, if she still has it. Okay, so 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 the agent, mm-hmm. after Kobe Bryant is holding young Damon yeah. in, his, in his hands and he starts walking around with Damon, mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant's agent passes a business card with the contacts on it to your sister. Yeah. And says when, when Damon turns 18... How freaking cool. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, he didn't know he was going to play basketball. I don't know if he was right. just doing it to be nice. I, but it was it was such a cool moment. There was a running joke for years after that, that 
I, <laughs> I already know. I know what she's going to say. Since Damon can talk, every single time I would make him sit on my lap or whatever and watch basketball games. I didn't know if he was ever going to be interested in playing basketball. Good mom. And I'd say, there's your daddy. There's your daddy, Kobe. (laughs) All the time. It was a total running joke. Yeah. Damon was convinced that was his dad until he was six years old. Were you convinced that that really was your dad? (laughs) I genuinely, because like my dad sucks. So I was like, yo, my mom, like they must be lying to me. This must be like my placeholder dad. Maybe my dad is Kobe Bryant. My placeholder dad. I'm like, this dude must be like so famous that he can't like, you know, maybe he had like a mistress. I don't know. I don't. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a child. I don't know. Yeah. yeah and and I, I, my mom. I mean, I'm not expecting my mom to. Like, I don't understand jokes at this point. Like at this point, I'm, I'm too small. So I was like, that. That's my dad. When we would watch, the Laker games, he would recognize him out of all the players, and he'd go, "Mommy, my daddy's yeah. up." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he would. His little hands would go up. Would anybody this else hear this? Is like, when, up. oh yes. And they'd be like, oh, my gosh. People were so mad at me. Because um, it's evil. You're evil for that. Like, it was a combination of that is the most awesome thing I've ever heard. And they start busting up. Or like, did you really tell them that was yeah. dad? Because that's so sad. Because imagine like, like I'm like, and children are innocent. So I'm genuinely yeah. thinking this is my father. <laughs> right, right. And then like later on, like knowing that that's not my dad. Like, how disappointing is that? Like, I'm just like. <laughs> but he knew who his daddy was. But I this I just think. When you think of a father figure, <laughs> he also calls my dad dad. Damon, did you did you ever do you remember the time when you realized that that's not really my real dad? I think like it just like it just clicked. Like nobody even told me. Nobody told me explicitly of, like Kobe is not your. Yeah. yeah, you slide yeah. into the running joke. Yeah, yeah he no. was really mature. Yeah, so like younger. I realized like obviously it wasn't my father. Yeah, because I you know, I never saw him after that. But well, <laughs> that is how the Kobe baby came about. Yeah, yeah. is that literally. Kobe Bryant held you in his arms and walked around with you yeah. at um, the Ronald McDonald house. If you just heard that story for the first time, uh, that's why producer Ruben and I were thinking, why did we leave that story for the last segment on episode five yeah. of The Ultimate Wing Woman? But that's how the Kobe baby story came about. Here's the Kobe baby now, 18 years later yeah. or 17 years later. Yeah. You're a grown young man now, Damon. How tall are you? Like six two on a good day, maybe, but like six, I'd say six one, six feet. You're striving to become an actor. Yes. Well, like uh, I always thought that term was weird. Like striving, like I want to be an actor when I'm older. Like I like to think, like like I am an actor now. Like a lot of the stuff I do, like the the way people think of like successful actor is different. Like if you're not like a The Rock making like millions of dollars, you're not successful. Right. Because I was even thinking about when I was asking you the question, striving to be an actor, or you know, you are an actor. Yeah. Why did you want to get into this? And how did you get into this? So before my mom even put me into theater, I remember, I mean, like, I was always a kid that loved attention, right? Like, I was, like, I'm always loud mouth. Mm-hmm. I'm in the middle. Like, in the, if, I, if I'm in a room, like, you know I'm there. Well, like, hold on. D's an only child, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm an yeah. only child. So, yeah. 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 So, that, you the attention both, seekers yeah. here. I like, I, like, <laughs> and like, I think an attention whore is good to a certain extent, especially, like, I mean, I, mean, I love it. I love it. So Especially if you're entertaining. Especially if you're, inter- <laughs> exactly. That's why I like it. Like when I was younger, like kindergarten, maybe like kindergarten around that time, mm-hmm. they had like little like plays, like Christmas plays. I forgot even what song we played or like what song we practiced. But I remember like rehearsing the song with all the little kindergarten kids going to this huge auditorium. Like it, it was so surreal. Like I'm in the backstage, like, and like, obviously I didn't have like a main role in any of this play or anything but like just the fact being on stage i remember that like excitement like me getting nervous and being like oh my god like i'm gonna sing this song and but my family's there watching me i loved watching my family watch me be happy and Mm -hmm. and like 
a little bit later, her friend Becky owned mm-hmm. uh, a studio mm-hmm. or like, like her own like company. And how how like did I remember since I can remember? So maybe around kindergarten time, he's always made like comments. I want to be on TV. I want to be on TV. Not that I want to be an actor, just wanted to be on TV. And I didn't know what he wanted to do or how he wanted to do it, but he was always interested in it. So as soon as Becky told me this was about 2010, Mm -hmm. I had a good conversation and she happened to say, I have an acting studio. And I'm like, you have an acting studio. What do you do? Like, what what do you do there? But she said, I'm the owner and we do performances. Like she trains people. They do costume design. They do. She sets up a stage with complete full stage paint. So I would bring him to Riverside every week. He loved it. And we would sell tickets to friends and family and they would go watch him perform. And he did a couple shows. And what, like, what kind of shows would you do? Like, oh, like the, the couple plays I was in, it was uh, Wizard of Oz. No kidding. Like the Grinch Stole Christmas, like mm-hmm. all that. And so, then, so what role would you play in the Wizard of Oz, for example? The Wizard of Oz, man. So I was like the leader of the Munchkins, right? Okay. I was <laughs> so cute. It was I, cute. I, I was, I was the leader of the Lollipop Guild, too. I remember uh-huh. that. Yeah. I really, I was that. And then, oh, I was one more thing and I forgot. I completely forgot what it was. But a lot of it was extra work, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. that—that's mainly what I did. Yeah. And uh, but it didn't click with me. Like at that time, I didn't really realize like you had to audition to be like the bigger roles. And the thing that made me want it even more—I remember being like in a background character, but me being like, I want to be, I want to be that person, mm-hmm. that one that's reading all these lines, the one that everyone's looking at. I don't want to be in this background. Like and I remember getting frustrated, but I didn't know how to like express it or explain like what i wanted to do like, i just remember like being mad and then like obviously finding out like the hard way like oh you have to audition i remember i kept trying to pursue it and like she she kept stopping me and that sounds bad and i thought it was bad at the time but i realized why what, would she stop you though what was she saying she started to explain to me like like i want you to enjoy your childhood she was scared i was gonna fall into like the, like those Disney kids, the that, typical like, child, yeah, actor. the typical child actor that grows up doing drugs and like which has really a terrible bad. reputation. Yeah, I mean, which, it's so it's, consistent. It's probably like five percent actually make it out without Any committing problem, suicide yeah. or being on drugs or mm-hmm. being very like mental health is a big thing for them because mm-hmm. they're treated really badly in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And I and I knew that already. I want him to do the acting, but I want him to do sports and I want him to do school and I mm. want him to do stuff after class. I want him to do every club that he wants to volunteer for. I wanted him to be super well-rounded and mm. call me picky, but he was my only baby. I wanted to right, mold yeah. him into an overall really, really well person. When was your first real audition? <sighs> first real audition. I think it was, um, I think when I was like 16 or 15 years old, that iPop thing. Oh yeah, let's go back to that. Yeah, so like when I started... Because you're in high school right now, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. at the time, you're 15, 16 years, you're in high school, and this is the time you do your first audition. Found she found something. this on Facebook or something. Like I it. found like a, like a odd, like, hey, we're doing open auditions. Yeah, like at, an advertisement. Out, like near the Ontario Convention Center. It was a... So it's, it's near home. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, we're going to do this big thing, and I have no idea. So I sign him up, and I'm like, hey, we're going to go to this on Saturday. He's like, cool. So what was the audition for? Well, we didn't even know at the time. Yeah. It was just like we want to try to find actors. It was kind of the advertisement. Okay, so it's just a very general. Yeah, and so I'm like, okay. So we go, and I'm obviously I'm going to go with him. 
And I don't remember if they gave us the lines ahead of time. I think they No, they did. gave us the lines ahead of time because it was like you had to sign up for it and then they emailed you the lines. And I remember it was a Kit Kat commercial, like mm-hmm. like not an actual commercial for Kit Kat, but the script. How many people are in the room? Well, it was like it was like the lobby. Mm-hmm. It was the lobby before you get to the actual room. It was kind of it was you like had to audition was, a couple times. Yeah, you had to oh, okay. audition a couple. So the first initial audition was like, okay, now you get you're good enough to make it into this room. Now yeah. we'll explain everything. And yeah. they, they straight turned away yeah. people like right at the you lobby. You know how they do uh what's the show? The music shows American uh, Idol. American Idol and stuff. Right. It was like that and it was all out in the open and everybody's watching you. Yeah. <laughs> did you feel prepared? I did not. I don't think anybody can I think he was nervous, but I think he just I just said tune everybody out. Well hold and on, just I would be nervous because in front of you. I can imagine what that's yeah. like in a lobby yeah. when everybody's trying to do the same thing or everybody's, you know, of talent or trying to be and everybody's watching you audition and this yeah. is like your first audition and then you know, these are your call. These are your peers. You know that are judging you and your yeah. acting abilities. And, and there was hit- a couple people watching. Anything could affect you, and yeah. this could yeah. affect your outcome of, of the next. And, you know, and it's audition. really and it's really scary because like a lot of kids like they don't get into it because they hear their first no and then like kills their spirit. So you do your first audition in the lobby. Everything goes good there. Well, yeah. they, they talk about it amongst each other. We hear like Damon, and I'm like looking at my mom. I'm like, okay, so now what? And they're like, okay. Get your stuff and go wait in this room. And it was yeah. a smaller room, like kind of like a studio. Right. Yeah. And then they wanted to talk to the families individually. So how did the overall audition in Las Vegas go? So how, what, what came about from that? My grandpa, we like we get there and like obviously like they make sure like I memorize. Like my family before I even went to Vegas were like, do you have all this memorized? Like, yeah. like, like do it in front of me like right now. Like mm-hmm. do you have this memorized? And so like I worked on that with them. And then we get to Vegas and then it's like my, me and my grandpa find the hotel to go to. It's It's like... Oh, I forgot what hotel it was, but I, rem- I remember the actual iPop thing was at the M. Was it? Is it called the M? The or MGM. The M- no, 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 not MGM. The M. Oh, the M, the M which it's is a uh, south. Yeah, yeah south. a little south of it. Yeah, yeah. it's nice. It's a nice. It's hotel. a really nice hotel. Yeah, it's like purple, right? Or like blue, blue, like blue. grayish blue, or something. It's like blue and black. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, but we stood at a hotel like right at the edge of Las Vegas, and then the M was like you know a little south of it. Yeah. And so like we remember, we found our rooms, and then we we're like, all right, we just get ready for the next day. Like yeah, that's so so like in the right straight up in the morning, like immediately like six a.m. Like mm-hmm. we go. So, oh, you gotta wake up early. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Super all early. Day. All day. All day. And like we got we get home at like eight a.m. or eight p.m. Like and I you're just use it. sixteen years old. I'm like sixteen years old at this in time. Las Vegas. Yeah. And you're you're basically at this like uh, audition camp for five days with mm-hmm. these huge uh, scouts or agents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you do your performance, and five days are up. You're back at home. Mm-hmm. What happens? So like right before we leave, um, it was like a list of like. They gave you like a list of all the agents that wanted to talk to you. Nice. So okay. it was like the last day. So they gave you a list of all the agents that want to talk to you. I had like the 40, 30 agents there. I got like like eleven callbacks from them. So that's like good, they were right? like, they're like, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So yeah. it was like it was like this agent, this agent, and it gave you the names and, and then so like it was like a room, it was almost like a science fair. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like you'd walk in and the agents had like tables set up for each one. And you had to it. go find the agents that you're that called you back. Like, oh, what's your name? Like, blah, blah, blah. Do you have headshots? Like, blah, blah, blah. I gave my headshot. We had the, all that prepared. Yeah, we ha- you had to have all that before you go. My headshots fr- done. My mom's friend AJ, done. like, my mom's friend AJ came in clutch with a headshot. Now, when you're walking around from table to table, do you get to pick your agent, the, the one you want to work with, or do they pick you? Oh, yeah. You, you, you get to, like, they, they pick you and then you pick out of the ones who pick yeah, you. Yeah, you, gotcha, you yeah. get to see who you feel comfortable with talking you vibe to with and kind of. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But then, like, nothing came too much of the agent. A lot of experience came, like, like doing... Yeah, he... Like, doing he the audition... really, like... He wasn't active. He only focused on, like, the people who were, like... Already... Already yeah. doing good but stuff. But isn't that, like, the, the case with most agents? It, it's yeah. true, but the way we... 
the way we take to people are people that we feel really comfortable with. Yeah, he and seemed, he, he, he seems so business transaction oriented. Yeah, he like, he like, seems so trained. It almost seems like you're a number on their roll call. More yeah, than, you, you want to connect with somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, within like the year and a half that I was with him, I probably got two auditions. So at some point, then, then you have this agent and. You're like, okay, you're not paying attention to me. Like, what's going on? Time is passing by. Dude's, I want to, I want to get things it. rolling. Yeah. And so, how do you get, how do you, how do you, how do you get to the next agent? The next agent. How do you well, find the next we agent? St- we started talking about how he should do a little bit more training. Yeah, yeah. What can I do to improve my mm-hmm. skill? Because yeah. I'm getting rusty here. I need to find acting classes or something. Me and my mom were like looking up on Google all these acting classes, trying to find it. And one of my best. I, I feel like it's got to be a hard thing though, because was, you, yeah. as a mom, Michelle, you don't, because you're not an actor, right? Right. And so you're new to this industry, so yeah. you're trying to figure out what's legit, what's the, what's the, what's, what's not a, a waste of time. And it's hard to do that research, and especially because the good acting schools are in L.A. All in L.A. and all very expensive. His whole life I wanted to support him. I'm, I'm going to do what I have to do. Mm-hmm. Do what I have to do. So his friend. My friend. Yeah, one of my best friends, uh, Christian Hunter. Um, I met him through track. Um, he was like, oh, I used to go to this acting. Like, I didn't know he even was into acting. And it comes lab. up like a natural conversation. It comes up in a natural conversation because you know yeah. I think he asked me like what I want to do when I get older. And he's like, oh, I used to go to this acting studio in Ontario. And I was like, Ontario? Like, that's close. That's really close by. Like, yeah. like what's it called? And it was called like in the moment acting studio. And so me and my mom like did a little bit more research on it. And we're like, oh, yo, like this, like, well, we can go there to check it out. Mm-hmm. And so we went there and we meet this dude uh, when we walked in full suit. A little little hat named mm-hmm. you know, Tommy. Mm-hmm. He, he's a, <laughs> does he look like the dude from the blacklist? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> kind actually, of. he does look like him from the blacklist kind of. a little bit. So he kind of like ran down like how much the classes were going to be. Mm-hmm. It was really really cheap. reasonable. Re- I mean, super reasonable, crazy reasonable. Because yeah, you guys have been looking in L.A. Yeah, yeah. and now and you're looking at the and Ontario. Paid good amount of money for those classes which, in L.A. So, so now you're in Ontario, which happens to be a lot cheaper, and it's like five, mi- five minutes away. It's yeah. close by, yeah. And so, like, I, I stood with him. I stood with him for a while. Like, I've been with him for almost, like, oh, like a year and a half, like two yeah. years by now. Just just hearing that initially, that he made a studio in Ontario to help actors that yeah. aren't in L.A., like, just nice. that alone, yeah. like, yeah. you could tell he cares. Like, one of the books that I that, uh, my uh, manager taught me, books that he recommended me, was this book by this uh, acting coach named Larry Moss. And Larry Moss trained a lot of actors, like like just to name one, uh, um, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Wow, he he's a really famous teacher. Like a lot of people would love, like kill to be in a room with him. Yeah. So he wrote a book called The Intent to Live. But just reading that little part, like the analogy he makes between, he's like, the, he even says it like the reason why I named this book The Intent to Live because when you play a character, you're not playing the character. Like you're not like you you are the character like sometimes you could you could like bring aspects of your own life well that leads me to my next question uh for somebody who's not into acting but i'm thinking about you know the mental state that these actors have to be to put yourselves into Mm -hmm. if you're into a character that you know involves a lot of placing yourself out of your own mindset and into this character's mindset and you've been you've been doing this character for such a long time during filming do actors ever get i don't want to say stuck but do it do they does does that personality ever linger in who they are after the filming is done. Well, I think it's not a complete. It's not a complete disconnect from you and the character that you play. It's um, like an addition, maybe. Yeah, it's an addition. It's like because a lot of the times when I think of a character, sometimes I haven't been through the experience of doing drugs or like like being overdosed or like being like super Somebody angry like that. Completely on the other side of the spectrum. Exactly. So it's like now you have to imagine yourself if you were like that. You could do research like. Trying to understand it better so you can play it better. I feel like actors, you know, they get maybe sometimes too much credit, but I feel like they don't get enough credit because 
you have to put yourself in, if it's a dramatic role, a mental mm-hmm. state which requires not just a physical movement of acting, but but a, a, an emotional mm-hmm. mental state mm-hmm. which takes a toll. It does. Some, mm-hmm. I mean, like in the case of Heath Ledger with the Joker, killed him. Like, basically. It, like even like like somebody like Joaquin Phoenix when he played the Joker like that took a toll on him having to like because it was not only a physical toll like him losing like what like sixty pounds but why but is like, it why is it the rumor that uh, every anybody who plays the Joker always has go, has a mental breakdown oh I think because it's, it's the character it's the I mindset mean, it's, they have to get them in themselves in and they do this movie they film it over a year or two yeah so they're literally having to eat, sleep, and dream and think like that person. And when you make yourself really mentally in a really mentally bad place, it's kind of like hanging out with somebody that's taking a toll on your mental health. So you're with this, uh, you're with a teacher now and Mm -hmm. and you guys connected on a special level. He seems more real. Mm -hmm. And you've got your headshots done. You're getting your acting classes in and you're uh, also getting auditions as well. Mm -hmm. I had one literally four days ago. Okay. On on Monday or three days ago. Walk (laughs) me who's not an actor, walk me through what a real audition is like. So for me, like I'd get called, right? You'd be like, hey, Damon, like uh, we have an audition for you. Like I'm going to email you the sides. And what sides are is like kind of like the script. The biggest part about the script isn't the words. It's the description, like synopsis of the character. Right. Like That's huge. And, and like in that book, The Intent to Live, one of the big things he said is uh, like given circumstances. That's what he, that's what he calls that section. Was the character, did the character have a cold the day before? Right. Did his mom die yesterday? Right. Just like a bunch of things that you think about, like the different like personality types. That well, this that's super has. important to know, mm-hmm. you know, Huge. you know, uh, where the character is at in his life, in her life, you yeah. know. Where, you know, where they are mentally, where they were yesterday, mm-hmm. you know, what uh, motivation are they working off of, you know? And not only that, Put but like, in their shoes. but paying attention to the dialogue between him and the other character, like determining the relationship between the two characters. So not, not only are you worried about his own personality, but the way his personality would interact with this other person's personality. Then you have to think about the way they would mm-hmm. respond to you and the way you would like it. It's, there's so much things. So that you're go doing into your it. homework, you're, you're studying the character and the synopsis. Mm-hmm. And it comes down to the time or the, the day where you got to actually physically drive over and go to the audition. Yeah. What is that like? So you'd go to a certain location, right? Like a like one of the times I went usually to- Usually in LA. I, yeah, usually in LA. I went to Sony Studios in uh, in the Culver City. Right. Like, and they, they had like this little sub room that you went there and then you would walk in. They would just kind of like, no, you're on the audition, right? Like sometimes they'd have a little sign-in sheet. And then, so like they would come in and be like, oh, like- They'll just call the names. Like, I have a yeah, and you're, and you're waiting out with everyone. Yeah, yeah when you're waiting out with everyone, a dumb question, but they, like when you're all auditioning for the same role, are, does everybody look like you? Kind of, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, like if they're looking for a certain look, like I see, like isn't that is yeah, that, is you, that a you weird see, like, feeling? Fifteen guys that all look exactly the same, yeah, it's, same it's height, like, same it's build, like fifteen mixed same black race. kids. It's funny. It's, <laughs> it's the funniest it's so thing. True. Does we, that make everything more intimidating? Uh, not necessarily. I think what makes it more intimidating because you don't know what each person can do. Because I feel yeah. like actors, especially you know, even people in the entertainment industry, those who do have you know a sentimental egos, you know, and you have to be thick skinned Yeah, you have to. You have, you have to, to get ready. Rejection yeah, well, exactly. I want to give a shout out to to your mom because exactly, uh, yeah. the amount of uh, support and the work that puts you, uh, you have to put into just mm-hmm. the, to yeah. make sure that you're not wasting time Hell and you're doing yeah, the right yeah, thing. So yeah. let's let's give it up for Michelle Zuno. Yeah, my mom. I like God, man. I don't know. I don't know what I do without my mom. But I, I just I I like I told you the way I was raised, my parents, my my mother, my father, and my stepmother. All of them have never 
made me do what they wanted me to do. They never did. I mean, in a way, some of your parents do. They, they want you to be better than them or they want you to kind of go this way. But they always let me make my decisions, always wanted me to go for my dream, my career. They never, ever tried to steer me away from that. And I know you said you could relate because your parents are the same way, encouraging. Your dad helped you build your studio. And I, I've always had that. And I always told myself that I would never pick what I wanted him to do. So everything from his classes to like, like, okay, Pop, if you think you can handle it, okay, if you want to do that, you mm-hmm. want to work there, go ahead and and um, apply to work there. Sure, I'll drive you here. Or sure, let's do this. I want, his dreams are not my dreams. Mm-hmm. His dreams are his dreams. If he loves it, I love it. I mean, we may never see eye to eye on the same stuff. I mean, I'm not yeah. really, I used to want to be an actor when I was young and it was like a stage and then I was over it. <laughs> so he wanted to be an actor when he was young and never and never got over it. So obviously it's what he's it's supposed to do. It's not just a do. stage, it's my stage. Yeah, it's <laughs> what he's supposed to do. I think this is the age where you start to discover yourself a little bit more. And I think, and it sucks because there's so many things I you want slash need to do, but you don't know where to start. And like you end up getting stuck. Like even now I've fallen into it. Like I, I, I want to do all these things, but it's hard to bring myself to do it. Like la- that lack of motivation every day is just so hard to get past. Like, especially during the pandemic. Especially during the pandemic. Because like <laughs> obviously the, one of the biggest deterrents is learning in school. Yeah. Like instead of doing in school, now it's online. Like obviously I want to get through that book, like the, the intent to live. Yeah. I have all the time. I just don't. Yeah. Why? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's, I can't find that like, like the reason why. So I end up playing video games or being on my phone. But what? So what I'm a, turning that into what a feeling though it is to accomplish, you know, something that you were trying to do, mm-hmm. and then when you get it done, you're like, okay, what? Why, why did I take so long to do? Yeah, this? but it, you know? but you feel oh, like I hate that feeling of being stuck. Like oh, it's such an annoying feeling because it's just like I, I could read this book. Why am I not doing it? Mm-hmm. I, I could be practicing piano right now. Mm-hmm. I love to do it. Why mm-hmm. why don't I do it? I get, and like me, more recently, I wanted to teach myself how to speak Japanese. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing like little lessons on my phone and stuff too, but like not fully. I even bought a book, but I'm not fully indulging myself. And it's just like, I have all this time. Like <laughs> this morning I wanted to, I went with a family friend to go walking with them because I want to get out the house and I know they want to get out the house yeah. too. And it's good yeah. to go. And like, even when I woke up this morning, I was like, man, I just want to cancel on them and go to sleep. And I was like, yeah. and I, right before I was about to text him, I was like, man, like, nah, yeah. like, I have to, I want to change and something. And did you feel I good that you went? I felt great. Mm-hmm. When I, when the moment I got up and I got yeah. dressed and I was on my way to their house, I was like, I feel yeah. Yeah. Like, this is it. Like, I'm, I'm glad I was able to get up and do this. Like, well, get used to it, Damon, because I mean, this is just the beginning. And, and ama- yeah. so when you when you have when you have a, a role or a, a show and you got to promote and you're on the promotion tour, yeah. it's going to be like five of these a day. Yeah. yeah and you're yeah. going to just roll your eyes at the same questions the same that are being asked you over, over and over. Yeah. yeah. But it, you're going to have to be great yeah. consistently uh, at every that? interview. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so for for anybody who's listening right now, who's uh, who wants to be an actor, you know, who's th- been thinking about it for a long time, uh, your advice, Damon, on just take it from here. Um, consistency. Lo- but, w- love what you do and be consistent with it. Always train yourself. Like always learn. Look for classes to do. Always find ways to improve your skill if you really want to do it. And not only that, but when you finally get into it, don't stop. Where does one begin? Even like, cause that's the that's the hard question. Even for somebody like me who doesn't know, where do you even? What's step one? I don't even know. Do like research. I, yeah. Ask a lot of questions. Ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Talking oh, to always bring somebody with you, like a parent or, yeah. you know, somebody that that you trust that's going to ask questions that you maybe you not think of or start writing stuff down. That's what we kind of had to yeah. do. Yeah. Referrals and recommendations are big. Like his friend that was like, oh, I went there and I loved it. Mm-hmm. When if he said, I went there, it's all right. We might not have checked it out. I think you're super talented. And I think that you're uh, you're extremely witty. You're smart. 
and uh, you you stop it, you, stop you smell <laughs> like Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hope his that's car a good thing. smells like Hollywood. <laughs> so when you do when your 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 first statue, whatever that may be. Uh, d- don't forget my name, Damon. <laughs> don't forget my name. He would never. Could, I'll be back here multiple times. Like, yes. It's, it's not going to be the last time you see me. Or you'll be doing update interviews. I know you're tired of this, Damon. I know you're tired of this, again. Damon. Yes, your IMDb is, is going to be like 18 pages long. It's going to be like <laughs> yeah. a scroll, scroll, scroll. So let's give it up for Damon. Yeah. Good to have you back again. Things are lifting up, so yeah. I'm sure we'll have more updates the next time you're here. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that is the story of the Kobe baby. Yep. 18 years later, this is Radio Flyer. My name is Freddie Rivera. Michelle Zuno is on the blue mic. Once again, a shout out to Damon for being here at 18 years old. Yep. And uh, by the way, I'm giving you congratulations already for graduating and uh, see you in Cancun. Mm-hmm. See yeah. You. What was that Kermit ass? Like, <laughs> Hello, it's Kermit the Frog here. That was that was incredibly accurate. That was so that accurate. Was, that was scarily accurate. <laughs> You've done this. You've done that before. All right. Until next time. Yeah. Until next time. And in, in the meantime. In between time. And in, in the meantime, between time, you're gonna end it by hearing my amazing voice. Stay safe. And wear your mask. Don't be a savage. Don't be one of those people who yells at the workers for asking to put on the mat. You're going to an establishment knowing that. They have the right to refuse anybody. Tom Remember Cruise. that. You're not, Damon, Damon will take it personally. You're not better than anybody. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Karen. Dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Karen. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs>